Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. Uh, I hope the sermon is half as exciting as that. I tell you what, that's good stuff. Uh, I am Rob Townsend. I am not Pastor TJ. If uh, this is your first time with us, um, you're welcome to go ahead and dismiss yourself now if you want. That's okay. Um, but uh, he's a great preacher, so uh, give us another chance if you come back next week. But I'm excited to be here. I'm honored to be here. My name is Rob Townsend, and uh, we are um, in the middle of a sermon series called I Am. And we're discovering all the things that Jesus said about himself. In the Gospel of John, there are a number of I Am statements where he said, like the poem, the, the um, uh, poet that we just watched said, I'm, I'm the bread of life. Uh, I'm the gate. I'm the good shepherd. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today we're going to look at I am the light of the world, the light of the world. So we're going to read in the Gospel of John, chapter 7, the end of chapter 7, and then we're going to pick up on the 12th verse in chapter 8. So we're looking at the New Living Translation this morning, and it's on your screens. When the crowds heard him say this, Jesus, some of them declared, surely this man is the prophet we've been expecting. Others said, he is the Messiah. Still others said, but he can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the scriptures clearly state that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about him. Some even wanted him arrested, but no one laid a hand on him. When the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priests and Pharisees demanded, Why didn't you bring him in? We have never heard anyone speak like this, the guards responded. Have you been led astray too, the Pharisees mocked? Is there a single one of us rulers or Pharisees who believes in him? This foolish crowd follows him, but they are ignorant of the law. God's curse is on them. Then Nicodemus, the leader who had met with Jesus earlier, spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he is given a hearing, he asked. They replied, are you from Galilee too? Search the scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. And then chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for the ability to be here today, Lord. We thank you that we could come and worship you, that we could be ushered into your presence by the praise band. Lord, we're grateful for the ability to to pray directly to you, for we acknowledge that the veil has been torn and, and we can come right to you, Lord. Lord, we're grateful that as we sit at the foot of your throne of grace, Lord, we acknowledge that sitting here in this holy spot, we feel unworthy. We feel like we don't deserve to be here. We have an enemy, Lord, that whispers in our ear and tells us who we are, who we think we are, reminds us of what we've done. Lord, we feel like we are not worthy to be here, but because of what you have done for us, 
because of your love, because of your grace, because of the light that, that has pierced the darkness. Lord, we are allowed into your presence because you have made us righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. And for that, we give you thanks, Lord. And while we're here, Lord, sitting at the foot of your throne, Lord, we acknowledge that you do a work in us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, you, you transform us. You take us and, and you take the thoughts that, that we have about ourselves. You, you take the, the words of the enemy that whispers in our ears, Lord, and you take it and transform us and you make us new and fresh and allow us to become new wine. So Lord, as has been prayed already, we ask that you will press us that you will squeeze us, that, that we know that the churning that goes on inside of our souls, Lord, it is because you are creating something new. And for that, we give you thanks. Lord, allow us to not leave this place the same way we've come in. Lord, we may go out the same door, but we acknowledge that you can transform us through your living word in this place right now, in this moment. Lord, we give you this time and we pray that you will speak through me and that you will speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, how many of y'all are used to getting dressed in the dark? Anybody get dressed in the dark? Three early risers. That's why you're at the 11 o'clock service and not at the 9.30 service, right? You all are not early risers. Okay, I get it. Well, if you're used to getting dressed in the dark and you, and you, and you live with someone and, and that person is still asleep, one, one of the things that you have to do in order to get dressed in the dark is you have to lay your clothes out ahead of time, right? That's something that I do. And, and you know, I kind of hang everything up and I know, I know what's, so I can just fumble around in the dark and I know that things match. Well, I have this, I have this problem. I, I struggle with uh, determining black and blue, the colors black and blue. I, I can't, I don't, it's not like a complete color blindness. It's just the light or something. I don't know. I picked this wonderful black uh, shirt out before, what? It's blue, isn't it? Yeah, okay, I get it. Okay. All right, so, so I have to ask my wife, Laura, you know, before we go to bed, I say, does this match? Does this go? Can I wear this tomorrow? And she says, yeah, that's okay. I understand that. I really, I really, you guys remember Garanimals? You know, when they came out in the 70s, right? And, and you, you kind of had the, the pants for the kids and the shirts for the kids, and they had the little labels on them. You know, you had to match. If you had a tiger for the pants, you had a tiger for the top, and you knew that they matched, or you wouldn't dare wear a zebra uh, top with a tiger pants, right? I, I think they need Garanimals for adults. You know, I would buy that. I really would, so that I would know that stuff is going to match up. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I know. You would, get, you would get that, wouldn't you? Well, there's controversy when things don't match up. There's, there's issues when, when things don't seem to, to, to make sense. And Jesus, whenever he spoke, whenever he gave out these I am statements, they were controversial. He knew exactly what he was saying when he said these declaratory statements, when he said, I am the bread of life, or I am the way, the truth, and the life, or I am the light of the world. And he knew that the minute that he said it, the people that were in power, the Pharisees, the, the Sanhedrin, the rulers of the temple, they were going to be agitated. He knew that there was going to be controversy, but Jesus never shied away from that. 
He knew what he was doing. He knew that he was creating this controversy. And he knew that we would be talking about his words thousands of years later and allowing God, the Spirit to connect the dots for us. And that's what we're doing today. When Jesus gave these I am statements, you, you remember when, when Moses, back in the Old Testament in Exodus, and, and Moses was, was uh, shepherding sheep and God called him and God said, look, you're going to go back and you're going you're gonna to free the people, right? Let my people go right? Hey, I'm, I'm crying out for the praise, man. That's good stuff. So he's going to go and he's going to uh, be used by God. And he says to God, who shall I say sent me? You remember what God said? I am, right? I am. So Jesus is now making this connection. He's coming full circle and saying, I am, and giving us a description of who Jesus is and how Jesus's life applies to our lives. For John, the writer of the Gospel of John, he was one of the disciples. He was the beloved disciple. He was the one disciple that didn't run away when all the other disciples scattered, right? He was at the crucifixion, and Jesus looked down from uh, the cross and looked at him and said, hey, John, I want you to take care of my mom after that. He kind of didn't say it in those words, but, but he, he was very, he loved, he loved John. And John is the last disciple to die. And he's writing this gospel and he's remembering and he's putting it all together and he's putting together these I am statements. And the very beginning of his gospel, he has this kind of prologue, this, this beginning piece. And for John, it's important that we make the connection between Jesus or the word, logos, the word is equal to the light, which is equal to life. So look at this connection. Look at this connection. So, so we know that Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life in them. So look at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, if you, if you have your Bibles. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word, Logos, that's Jesus. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light, he was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So Jesus is making an exclusive claim here. He is saying that he is the light, that he's the same light that was there at the creation of the world. He's claiming that he is the Messiah, and this is a big deal to the Jews. They, they understood what light meant. They understood that, that someone that would bring light into the world would be the Messiah. So for Jesus to say that he's the light of the world, he's making a declaratory statement. John is saying John the Baptist was not the light. He was only the one that preceded the light. He was the one that declared that the light was coming. But Jesus, Jesus is the real Messiah. Jesus is the light. And if we want to be children of the light then we have to receive that same light from Jesus, the word, the light, and the life, the way, the truth, and the life. If we're going to be children of the light, we've got to get that light from Jesus. 
So when Jesus makes this declaratory statement, he is ticking off some people. He's ticking off the Pharisees. He's ticking off the religious leaders because he's standing up and he's making a declaratory statement. And he says this light is to be brought to the whole world. You see, the Jews had, they had a mission. They were supposed to bring God's light to all of the world, but they didn't. And Jesus is saying, look, this is bigger than y'all. He's from the southern half of Israel. You understand that, right? He says, you, some of you will get that on the way home. Okay. So uh, he's, he's saying, this is so much bigger. This is so much bigger than our family. This is so much bigger than our country. You were bringing the light into the, all of the world. Look at Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 7. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. This is a prophetic word about the Messiah. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. And it is he who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you, and I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them, and you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. So there was a, there was a, a point last week when Pastor TJ said, you know, even, even John the Baptist at the point that he was in the dungeon and he was, he was in prison and he, he questioned, is Jesus, are you the Messiah? This is the verse that Jesus sends back to him. It says, it says tell John, this is what's happening. The prisoners are, are being released. The blind are now seeing. This light is now coming into the world. And for Jesus, this is a, is a declaratory statement. He is claiming to be the Messiah. Now, here's the thing. When light pierces darkness, if Jesus is the Messiah and he's that light coming into the world, what happens when light comes into the darkness is that sin is revealed. And with that comes judgment. There are those that will respond to that light, that will acknowledge that light, that will acknowledge that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Savior of the world. And there are those that will not. There, there are those that will not acknowledge that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And for that, there is judgment. But the light is offered to everyone in the world. Everyone gets a chance to accept that light to accept the salvation and grace that Jesus offers. At Christmas time, we, we, we love to sing the Handel's Messiah, right? And we, we, it, that's come from Isaiah chapter 9. And at the very beginning of that, of that chapter is a, a phrase where we acknowledge that the Messiah is going to come out of Galilee. So the Pharisees are arguing with Jesus and saying, there's no way that Jesus can be the Messiah because nothing good is going to come from Nazareth. Nothing's going to come out of Galilee. But look at this, Isaiah 9, 1, 2. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled 
But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For those that don't know the Lord, for those nations outside of Israel at this moment in time when this is being recorded, they will see the light. That's us. We're, unless you grew up in a Jewish family, you're a Gentile, which means that you're non-Jewish. And this light, this life, this, this salvation is offered to all of us as a light to all of the nations. And the Pharisees challenge this claim, and they're like, no, 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 this is just for us. And, and, and this Jesus is only going to come from, uh, from Bethlehem, you know, but little did they know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. All of the prophecies that are in the Old Testament about the Messiah, Jesus fulfilled every single one, including coming from Galilee, including being born in Bethlehem, the city of David. Anybody here a, a, a hunter? Anybody like to hunt deer? Anybody? Two, three people. Okay, I got some help from the sound booth because they've heard the sermon before, so that's good. Thank you, guys. Uh, so, so here's the thing. I, I, I grew up on a farm. I love to be out in the woods. I love to, I love to hunt. And, you know, again, if you have complaints about hunting, the complaint line here is Pastor TJ uh, at Trinity Church. You just, just write that email out. Uh, but, but, but hunting deer is great for me, and I, I love being out in the woods. I love doing that. And uh, usually, hunters, they, they know where they're going in the woods, right? You have to get up super early. You've got to get up dark 30 and, and, and go out in the woods. And, and for me, I like to go hunt down in, in Sussex County, and, uh, and it's, a, it's a drive down there. So you get up really early, and you go down, and you start walking out in the woods and going to where, you, where your stand is. Maybe you climb a tree. Maybe you've got a tent blind, something like that. But you've got to do it really, really early when the sun's not up. You got to get to where you need to be before the sun comes up. Well, normally I would uh, have a trail and I would, uh, hunters have this thing and they have these little tacks that they put on trees. And this is a picture of one. It's kind of just a little reflective tack. And it, it doesn't mean a whole lot when you look at it in the daylight, but when you shine your flashlight on it, uh, when there's no sun out, it reflects back. You know, like the reflectors you used to have on your bicycle, that kind of stuff. Well, as you create a trail, you can put tacks on trees, and you put a tack on a tree like this, and then go maybe 10 yards and put another tack on a tree, and you keep going until you get to where you need to go. So in the dark, when you shine your flashlight, it's almost like a highway. This thing lights up pretty good. Well, uh, one year, I wasn't having very good luck in my particular place where I was hunting, and my buddy, uh, who loves to, is just really crazy, crazy good hunter, and he doesn't put up tacks. He knows where he's going. He knows the woods like the back of his hands. He says, why don't you try one of my spots, and here's how you get there. But, but beware, it's not tacked, which meant it didn't have these little tacks out there. So I kind of knew where I was headed, but when you're in the dark, and you're in Sussex County, and the, and the, the cell phone's not working, right? It's not a GPS thing where you can say, take me where, where I need to go. I, I got lost on the way to the stand where I was headed. And I got spun around and off the trail where I was supposed to be, off the path that, that I needed to be on. And I, I just, I completely got lost. So I had to just sit down and put my back up against the tree and wait for the sun to come up. And when the sun came up, I was about 15 yards away from where I needed to be. I mean, it was that close. But because I'd gotten off the trail, because I'd gotten off the path, 
I didn't get to my destination, but I was so close. But I had to allow the sun to come up to reveal exactly where I am. Now, church, that'll preach. That'll preach. Doesn't that happen in our lives? Don't we get off the path? We have a direction that we're supposed to go. We have a path that we want to follow, and we just slip off just a little bit. And before we know it, we're turned around and we're lost, and we don't know where we need to be. But when the sun, Jesus, when the sun rises in our lives and the light begins to illuminate where we are, we realize where we need to go, and we get right back on path. This is the point where I pass the offering plates and I do the closing hymn because that's a good illustration and y'all are not amening me enough. Okay, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, all right. So when Jesus says he's the light of the world, he says it at a particular moment in the Jewish religious year. He's saying it during the Feast of the Tabernacles. The Feast of the Tabernacles was a time where those in the Jewish faith remembered back when they were brought out of Egypt and from the bondage of slavery into the Promised Land. In between those two events, there was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And the book of Exodus tells us that the people knew where they were going because they followed this huge pillar, a cloud, during the daytime and a pillar of fire at night. You see, God led them with a light specifically for them. And for them to come together and worship God, they went to the temple and they celebrated this Feast of the Tabernacles. And they remembered how God led them out of the bondage of slavery into the promised land and kept them going on the right path. So they would celebrate this every year. And one of the ways that they did this is that they lit these huge menorahs, these huge candles, uh, candelabras, whatever you want to call them. They had torches all over the city. Uh, The the, uh, experts tell us that during this feast of the tabernacles, as well as something that we kind of call Hanukkah now, that those feasts were the two times of year that the whole city was lit up. And and you can see this kind of image of like the temple where it's all lit up. And it's against this backdrop where the torches are glowing, where they can see at night when they normally cannot see. It's during this vision, this visual imagery that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. What you see around you is not nearly as bright as my light, Jesus is saying. I am the light of the world of the world. This stunning visual imagery Jesus uses to declare that he's the Messiah, to declare that he is the light of the world, and that any that follow him will no longer walk in darkness. What does it mean to to walk in darkness? If you've been around any kind of teenagers in the last year or two, you've heard a phrase, this is shady right? That's shady, right? You know, my kids will say that this is shady. That, that means something suspect, something is, is not quite right. There's something, something crazy going on, right? Well, well, here's the thing. What is it like to live a life that's shady? What is it like to, to live in darkness? What is it like to walk in darkness? Well, Scripture is very clear that when we walk in darkness, when we walk in the absence of the light of God, three things begin to happen. We start to stumble, and then once we stumble, we start to fall, and then when we fall, we experience destruction. We we experience the absence of God. So so look at the first part, stumbling. Look at John chapter 11, verses 9 through 10. 
Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. There's stumbling that happens. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 15, but my people are not so reliable for they have deserted me. They burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off They've stumbled off the ancient highways and walk in muddy paths. That's what happened when I didn't have the, the tax to get me in the woods. I stumbled off of my friend's path. I stumbled off the way that I was supposed to go and got lost. When we are in darkness, when we no longer embrace the light that is the salvation of Jesus Christ, when we no longer embrace his light illuminating the pathway, we begin to stumble. And then once we start stumbling, then we fall. Jeremiah 13, 16 says, Give glory to the Lord your God before it is too late. Acknowledge him before he brings darkness upon you, causing you to stumble and fall on the darkening mountains. For then when you look for light, you will find only terrible darkness and gloom. We start to stumble. We get off the path just a little bit. We stumble, and then when we start to stumble, we then start to fall. And then scripture is very clear when we're consumed in that darkness and we no longer embrace the light, then the third thing happens, we are destroyed. Matthew 26, verse 30, Jesus' words, Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 2 Peter 2, 17, These people are as useless as dried up springs or as a mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. When we're no longer in the presence of God, we're in darkness. That could be hell for you. That could be Hades. That, that could, I don't know what it is. You call it what you want. But when I'm no longer in the presence of God, that is not where I want to be. And that is darkness. But God pierced our darkness. God pierced the darkness with the light that is Jesus Christ. To, to show us the way, to give us life. When we're in the presence of God, there is light, and that light gives life. That life is salvation. Amen. The light, thank you. <laughs> the, light, the light gives us a different perspective. Uh, many of you may remember the Apollo 8 mission. Uh, it, it took place in December of 1968. It was the first time that a, a crewed uh, spacecraft was, uh, out, uh, left the Earth's orbit, and they orbited the moon 10 times. It was in December of 68. There was a, a broadcast on Christmas Eve where the astronauts read uh, from the book of Genesis, and it was a beautiful thing. And one of the things that, that happened as they orbited the, the, the moon, this was the first time that anybody had done this. They were in a gravitational orbit of another body, a heavenly body other than the earth. There was something called earth rise. And this picture that's on your screen is a, is a beautiful picture, a, a snapshot of the earth rise. It was when they left the, the dark side of the moon and came around and they saw, like we see the sun rise every morning, this earth rise. And it was a beautiful change of perspective. They saw earth from a different view and all of its beauty and all of its colors and the light from the sun shining off of it as it rose. That light changes our perspective. It changed the whole understanding of what we thought about earth. 
And when the light of Jesus Christ changes our perspective, it illuminates things. It, it reveals and exposes sin in our lives. The light that turns on pierces the darkness and exposes the sin that we have in our lives. And, and, and we get troubled by that because what happens is we have the enemy in our mind and in our head and, and telling us that, that we're no good, that we're not good enough, that we shouldn't be at the church. If they only knew where we were last night or what we had done yesterday or, or what we said to so-and-so on the phone or, or where we clicked on the internet, all of these things happen and all of these things the enemy uses to shame us and bring us into guilt. But when that light pierces the darkness, it changes the perspective and sin no longer has a hold of us. The darkness no longer consumes us because there is a light, the light that is Jesus Christ, the light that is salvation, the light that is God's grace in our lives that says, I do not see you anymore as the sinner. I see you as a redeemed child of God. You are my son. You are my daughter. The light pierces the darkness and changes that perspective and allows us to be seen differently. So do not be afraid of the light exposing our sin. That's a part of the journey that we're on as Christians. God allows that sin to be exposed in our lives so that the chaff can be burned off, if you will, so that we can be corrected, we can be righted, we can be put back on that right path and held accountable with others so that that sin can no longer take part in our lives. And the second thing that happens when that, that light changes our perspective, not only is sin exposed, but our way is illuminated. Much like the, the tax along the woods that I needed to see my path, Jesus' light pierces our darkness and illuminates our way. It allows us to maintain a focus on where God wants us to be as we're growing and becoming stronger Christians, as we're deepening in our relationships with the Lord. All of that happens because the light has pierced our darkness. Church, how is the light in your life? How is the light in your life? Is it exposing sin that, that needs to be cared for, that needs to be uh, reconciled with God, that needs to be repented of so that God can take it away and refill your soul with grace and forgiveness? Have you strayed from his path so that, so that you need a light that you can get back on the path and follow in Jesus' way? for your marriage and your family and your children, for your life that is before you? Do you need vision and direction for your life? I'm telling you, the light is what you need. When Jesus said he was the light of the world and that anyone that follows him will no longer walk in darkness, he meant it. He meant that the sin would be exposed and taken care of. That's why he came into the world. The darkness had a hold of the world, but this Messiah came to die for our sins and keep us on the right track that we might forever follow him. Oh, that we would be the people of God following the light of the world. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for illuminating your word, Lord, for allowing us to dive into your scripture and, and for you to transform us.
God, there's folks that are, that are here that are sitting at home, that are riding in their car, that are listening to this months from now, that need your light. Lord, we need your light. We need the light to expose our sin so that we might claim it, that we might repent of it, that we might move towards you, Lord, that we might exchange it for, for your grace and your love and your forgiveness. Lord, we, we want to accept this morning that no matter what is in our past, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've said, Lord, all of it, all of the shame and all of the guilt and all of the pain that has been caused in our lives, that, that this sin has wreaked havoc, Lord, we give it to you this morning. Let the light shine on it and reveal it. Lord, as we repent of it, Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for the recovery that happens in our lives. Lord, thank you that you don't see us as a sinner anymore. You see us as your daughter and your son whom you want to wrap your arms around and say, I love you. Lord, for those on the Christian path trying hard to stay on the path but stumbling every so often, Lord, give us your light that you might illuminate the path so that we might see our way clearly. Bring people alongside of us in our journey, Lord, that will hold us accountable, that, that will speak into our lives, that will mentor us and lead us and walk with us through the painful times of life and celebrate in the happy times of life. Lord, may your light pierce the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.